Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. This is the Stevie Says Social Podcast, episode two. If you've got big business dreams, but you're feeling stuck when it comes to all things digital, social media, and content marketing, this is the podcast for you. This episode is brought to you by my free 20-page ebook with 100 really practical social media tips for your business. Grab them at steviesayssocial.com forward slash ebook. Welcome to episode two of the Stevie Says Social podcast. One of the big things that I want to get out of this podcast series is that I want to interview people who are absolutely killing it with their socials to show you guys how it's done. And Prue Chapman, who I'm interviewing today, is 100% one of those people. She is the owner of Owners Collective, which is a dedicated digital community for early stage entrepreneurs. She provides the tools, tips, education, and inspiration to help people create sustainable and profitable businesses. She is also my business coach, and we sat down at the end of last year for some 2018 business planning. She has so much great insight into what it takes to really nail it with your socials, and today we talk about everything from the changes to the Facebook algorithm, what it means in terms of different people's businesses, how to create community, how to create a killer Facebook group, and a few little tips and tricks when it comes to Facebook Lives. So I hope you enjoy this one. It was a pleasure to chat to her. Let's get into the interview. 
Okay, guys, I am really happy to be chatting today to someone that I very much admire in terms of not only their business, um, but their social media and their digital marketing, and also just in terms of the lovely person that they are. So very happy to introduce Prue Chapman from Owners Collective. Hi, Stevie. How are you going? So Prue and I were chatting at the end of last year. We were doing some business coaching together and I was talking about how I wanted to launch a podcast. So I feel like it's only fitting that you are the number one guest on my podcast. So exciting. I can't believe like talk about making stuff happen. This is exactly right. We were only talking about it what seems like a few weeks ago and you're already like hitting that record button ready to go. I love it. So cool. So what I thought we could start off with, I um, look, I really genuinely admire what you've done with Owners Collective and I guess I'm keen for everyone to know a little bit more about it, about your business journey and kind of um, where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess like many other business owners, my journey wasn't a straightforward one into business ownership. So something that a lot of people don't know about me is that I actually started off as a psychologist and I thought that was going to be, you know, my dream role. And I went to university and studied psychology and ended up becoming a psychologist. And then in my mid twenties, it was just time to explore some other stuff. I feel like I had ticked everyone's boxes. Like, you know, my parents, wanted me to go to uni and then get a good job and then become, you know, partners in a practice and all this kind of stuff. So I ticked a lot of those boxes. And when I hit 25, I just kind of made this decision that like, I wanted to be something else. I wanted to do a few, like try different things. So I packed up all of my worldly belongings and a few pennies and moved to London. I actually had no intention of living in London, but, um, I didn't have any money to get out of London once I got there. (laughs) So I lived there for about three years. It was so much fun. And I tried out all these crazy jobs and, I was actually applying for my permanent residency there and I came back to Australia, um, supposed to be for 10 days. And in that time I ended up meeting someone and deciding to stay in Australia, but I also had to decide whether I wanted to re-register myself as a psychologist. And I decided that I didn't. And at that time I wasn't doing much. And my boyfriend was a musician. He was really talented and he needed some management. So I decided to put my hand up and do that. And one thing led to another. And before I knew it, I was basically running a music management business. Yeah, right. So nothing to do with what I do now. Yeah, I know. So random. Um, I knew that I had a really great product. Um, I knew nothing about running a business, like absolutely nothing. I've never run a business before. My parents aren't business owners. So I just like hustled on the ground really and figured it out. So wherever and whenever I could learn, I would. And as I eventuated in that business journey, I actually became really interested in building creative businesses and I would share my knowledge. And eventually that led me into business coaching and the field of business coaching. It's pretty interesting in terms of some of the people that I've been talking to recently around, um, they have, you know, a really successful business, but it's completely unrelated to what they studied and what they were doing in the past. Totally, totally. It is so common. And I think, you know, we we tick all those boxes and do all the things that we think we should do and go to university. But it's not until you really get into your 20s that you kind of know who you are as well and have the courage, I guess, to explore different possibilities. Yeah. There's another like kind of quick and interesting story is that 
when I got into business coaching, it like I got it off the ground pretty quickly. And there was a point where I was business coaching about 25 businesses at once. So just me and my business and 25 clients, yep, running a wait list. So from the outside, it actually looked like a really successful business. Like I had great clients, I was making great money, I was working for myself. And it all looked pretty good. And then one day I came home, I was on the phone to a client and literally at that point, my days were so packed with clients. Like I would literally have to put clients on hold just to go to the bathroom. Like it was so busy. And so I was on the phone to a client one day, walked into my house and long story cut short, we'd been robbed and all of our stuff was gone. The doors were open. Things were all over the place. And you know what, like I should, like a normal person in that situation would probably be a little bit like upset that all of their prized possessions were gone, that their computers or their electricals were gone. And the only thing that I could think of was I don't have time to get robbed. And really terribly, the same thing happened two weeks later. So we actually got robbed a second time. So if someone out there was giving me a message, um, I certainly got it the second time. And it was just like, even though my business looked really successful from the outside, I was still trading time for money essentially. And I wasn't success because I couldn't even take a long weekend. Like I couldn't even take a weekend off. I didn't have time to be robbed. And so at that point I really made the decision to leverage my business. And that's where the idea of owners collective was born. Um, and I knew I needed to take it online and make it something bigger than myself. I had, I knew that I had great knowledge. I had a great like team of mavericks and experts around me that I wanted to share. And I wanted to be having conversations with more than one person at a time. And so I threw myself into the world, like into the digital world. Um, funny because I'd never done an online course, but I knew that that's where I wanted to go. And so, yeah, really built an online course. And then, like I said, threw myself into digital marketing and learning a lot about that. So I could really, um, make that online space work for me. Yeah. Awesome. And I've got to say, Prue, just in terms of what Owners Collective is doing, not just in the business coaching side of things, but obviously I look at the social media and the digital marketing and it is on point. You are so genuine, authentic in terms of the content that you put out. Uh, But then you've got the online marketing, the funnels and things to back it up, which is really smart online marketing. So kudos to you guys. Thanks so much. That is so nice to hear. I think when you're, when you're behind the screen in your own business, it's like, is anyone out there actually hearing it? Or so it's so nice to actually hear that and to hear that it looks cohesive as well. Sometimes it's a bit of like a scramble in the back end. (laughs) Yeah. You're frantically kicking your legs under the water, but it's all sort of looking smooth on the surface. So maybe tell us a bit about sort of some of the marketing strategies that you guys have used and maybe some of the more successful marketing strategies in terms of online and social and digital and that sort of thing um, that have worked really well in your business and maybe even sort of why you think that is as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think something that we did really early on that has really stood the test of time was that we jumped onto Facebook advertising. And honestly, if I could like build myself a little time machine or shape shift or something, like I would go back and put like all my money on black. Like I would invest <laughs> so much more money into Facebook advertising because back then it was cheap as chips. Now it's a whole different ball game. But really early on, um, I got a mentor in the online space and she said, well, look, if you want online clients, you have to find them with online strategies. Okay. So all that networking you're doing, it's not going to equate to new clients. So we jumped on Facebook advertising early. And when I say early, I mean about a little over three years ago. 
And that really worked incredibly well for us. Now, I think that as time has gone on, Facebook advertising has become a little bit of a magic pill for people. Like they think I'm just going to press this, turn on my ads, and there's going to be this flood of clients into my business. And it really doesn't work like that. So um, I've been particularly, and it's around all of our online marketing strategies, is I am like a brand Nazi, Stevie. Like <laughs> I think I'm, I quite often say like I'm the best thing in my business and the worst thing in my business because I care so much about every single touch point in our business, like every single touch point. So yes, Facebook ads, like we've got an amazing design team on board and I brought a great copywriter on board and they did some incredible ads. But then once we got past the ads, like in terms of every touch point that happened behind that, um, I made sure it was a one. And I just like, even to this day, I'm like looking at our client journey every single step of the way to make sure that every experience is a very personalized and is a very authentic experience um, with our brand. So back again, I guess like looping back to that Facebook advertising space that we tried early on, it was that people would like, they'd see an ad, they'd click through. And the next thing they know, they were actually on the phone with me. So I wasn't about the really big numbers straight off the bat. Like I was actually about creating real relationships behind those Facebook ads. So I would get on and for every one of our courses up until only recently, I would speak to every single person that came into our course and make sure that they were the right people and that we were the right course for them. And they were going to get really great value from us. And so, yeah, I think in terms of, it is kind of digital strategy, but it was also like really considering what was behind that. Um, and, and really considering each of those touch points as well. I mean, to add to that, I think having a really like things that have worked well for us, because I'm sure your listeners are like, give us more, give us more, not just Facebook ads. Um, but definitely like having really strong email campaigns. So that's a really great way to build relationships without actually having to have individual conversations. So people can, the leads that you have, you're really nurturing them and giving them a flavor of the brand. That's what I think we did well. And, you know, that was through, I used to include live videos in, um, in our email campaigns and just as much of my personality that I could sort of infuse into everything, it was there. So email campaigns were really strong for us. Um, and then Facebook groups as well. And again, they've become really popular of late, but we sort of launched our Facebook group, the first one again, over three years ago. And up until I would say, 12 months ago, I spoke to, I responded to every single comment in our Facebook group for like the first two years of our online business. So yeah, I think it's, it's a combination of things. It's yes, having strategies that work, um, but also like really caring about what you're doing and who you're doing it with. One thing that I think that you do really well and one thing that stood out for me when I first kind of came into the Owners Collective community and I joined the Launching Legends Facebook group was um, how active that group was. Like, honestly, I have um, never come across such an active and engaged group and um, one of the big things at the moment I feel in terms of um, where Facebook is headed and where like a lot of marketers are kind of saying to put your efforts into is you know, potentially starting up a Facebook group. And one thing that I kind of caution to people is that they're bloody hard work. So, um, in order to really kind of traction and to make it sort of an amazing group, 
I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. And um, yeah, like you saying that, you know, you were replying to every single comment for, you know, a two-year period. I mean, there's a lot of work that goes into that. Tell me a little bit about, I guess, um, about that side of it, you know, the work that goes into it and the sort of time and commitment that it takes. But then also whether you feel like it is worthwhile in terms of what you're doing with your biz. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, Facebook groups are not an easy ride. I think like, yeah, it's like the like bright, shiny thing on the market at the moment. And everyone's like, great, I'll start a Facebook group. Um, so first and foremost, um, just coming back to what you're saying, and thank you so much for your kind words about our group, because we do put so much time and effort into them. And I have a dedicated, within Owners Collective, I have a dedicated community connector, uh, Nikki, who her full-time job with us is to be inside our Facebook group. So just to kind of pretense what I'm going to, the rest of what I'm going to say is that we actually have a dedicated resource just on our Facebook groups. Now, I think the first question that business owners should ask themselves is really how a Facebook group fits into their strategy. Uh, The second question should be around whether you have the resources to do it. I mean, for us, we do business education, but we also provide community. And the longer that my business has been around for, the more and more I recognize um, how powerful our communities are and how supportive and encouraging that they are and how that's actually something that we love to do. So it then only made sense that we would build our Facebook groups, right? So because we're providing community and that was a really easy access point for people. So like I said, we started our first one, you know, over three years ago now, I was in there every single day responding to every single comment. And, you know, like some days you can spend half a day in those groups easily. Like we just recently had a day last week where Nikki spent the whole day just responding to comments. Um, So as it's become clearer and clearer in my business, I've said, okay, well, this actually warrants us putting some more resources into. Now, Nikki works night and day on those Facebook groups. And I think there's some things to like really consider is that, you know, ours has grown very organically, but it also like Facebook groups, they have to provide incredible value. They also have to be really safe and encouraging places and they need to be fed. So sometimes like if we've got a launching legends program on and we might have two, two and a half thousand people going through it. Great. There's a lot of conversation happening, but come June, like it's tumbleweeds in there. So we need to actually really activate conversations in there in a very meaningful way. So not just posting a cat video, but actually, okay, who are our people and what do they need from us and how much, you know, how deep do we go into this here in this Facebook group? So yeah, I think that's kind of two parts to it is one is definitely recognize how much work they are and how much you need because as as positive as they can be for your brand they can also be negative like if it's a tumbleweed space in there because you don't have the time or the resources to really um you know to really keep that a healthy group then it's not going to look good for your business however if building a community is core to your business or having those interactions um then i'd say definitely test it out it is the way of the future and i think as well i mean this is just a last little side note on that i think for me in general with digital strategies is I always just like check in with myself. And the thing I really believe in is having authentic, honest conversations and, you know, and really connecting with our tribe and with our, with our clients and members. So it just makes sense that face like Facebook groups was then naturally a naturally organic way to grow that. Um, so I kind of trusted my gut on it as well. And, 
thanks Mark Zuckerberg. It's I think paying off. A hundred percent it has for you guys. And actually that's probably the perfect time for us to move into having a chat about the dreaded Facebook algorithm. Um, because I know that there has been talk around Facebook groups in particular being given preferential treatment, which they will be under the new changes and that business pages will have reduced reach in the newsfeed. So I guess just generally around uh, the Facebook changes that um, have recently come and that are always being made, what are you guys doing in terms of any strategy changes? Yeah, totally, totally. So again, I think there's kind of two answers to that. I think for me, um, it's really identifying what you love to do on social media. Like what, what do I actually love to do on social media? So I kind of, to be really honest, I kind of forget about the algorithm. Like, it's like I can do whatever Facebook tells me to do. Sure, I can be a puppet or I can actually just identify what things do I really love to do and then go and do those things because then I'm naturally going to shine. I'm going to be doing my best work. I'm going to be communicating in the best way possible for me. And I think like, I think that gets cut through and then it doesn't really matter how or where the algorithm changes. Like if you're actually like delivering from that place on a platform that you really love, then it's, it just works, you know, it magically works for you and it doesn't matter what changes. So for me in owners collective, like live video has been great for us. I mean, I used to be petrified of public speaking and now you can't stop me. Um, again, thanks Mark Zuckerberg. You've really helped me out with that one. But in that essence as well, I think, you know, changes don't come out of nowhere. Um, you know, Facebook's been telling us for ages that, you know, that live video is going to be amazing. And then they gave us all these new features to actually use live video. So the writing's kind of on the wall, that that's the way it's going to be going. So I guess like that'd be a little tip of mine as well is just experiment with stuff. Like if Facebook does release a new feature and they're telling you about it, like give it a whirl because maybe that's going to be your thing. Um, same with Instagram, like Instagram's obviously doing stories now and, and live and this kind of thing. So, and I know that so many people have jumped onto stories and they're really loving that. So I think just identify what you love to do and do more of that. I think that's how you get cut through in any area of business. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, and then I guess in terms, in terms of the Facebook lives, you are very active. Um, I actually only did my first Facebook live about a week ago. Uh, and to be honest, it is the most scary thing in the world when you're not used to doing it. So kudos to you. Um, so do you have any tips around Facebook live and, you know, how to kind of, I guess, um, start using it in your business and, um, I guess make it a little bit less scary when you're first starting out with them. Totally. So I remember doing my first Facebook live as well. And it was a bit of a gong show. Um, you know, I was like, uh, Oh, what am I doing? Oh, good. We're live. Oh, I can't stop this. Um, you know, it's super awkward. Um, but you know what people kind of like awkward as well. So yeah, it's real. I, yeah, totally. And I think you just have to give it a go. Like, you know, kind of feel the, like that's probably one of my favorite sayings in business is feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, you're never going to be like maybe release some expectation as well. Like you're probably not going to be great at it the first time, but the second and third time you'll kind of get it. 
Um, so for me, I think that's it. It's just give it a go. Maybe try it on your personal page first or try it in a group where you feel really safe. Um, you can always delete Facebook. You can always delete it. Yes. (laughs) People don't realize that, but you can actually delete Facebook lives. So, you know, it's not going to live on the net forever. Um, and then in terms of some really simple things, um, is, get yourself a tripod. I, I bought one the other day at Target for $5. The one that I had before that was $3, like not an expensive one. Just get yourself a tripod and then figure out where in your house you get some really great natural light. So I always do mine sitting in front of a window. And then, so you've already, you're already kind of winning at the game because you've got a stable camera and you've got good light. You're good to go you know? So I think just those two tricks, um, are really helpful. I think it's really fun to do them kind of on the fly, wherever you are, but quite often the way that they end up is there's a bunch of wind, there's terrible lighting, you get confused or distracted. So for me, it's like get in front of the window with a tripod and actually deliver the message that you're there to deliver. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and then one thing I think is just to make sure that the background is, um, is clean and and clear. I've, I've seen just recently some shock Facebook lives where there's a dirty laundry sitting in the background of the um of the shot and it's just yeah it's not an ideal look is it (laughs) no not at all actually funny story about that Stevie really quick one is I used to do a lot of my coaching via Skype um and one day I was in Sydney, I was coaching some clients up here in Lismore at the time. And I just kind of saw their faces change and I was like ranting along about something and then they're like prove I was like, what guys? And they're like, there's a naked person in the background. I was like, what? And I turn around and my partner, Fernando is just like walked out of the shower into the living room. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm with clients here. So yes, it's a good point to check your background if you're alive or you might have that. To Fernando's credit, very funny. He actually just turned around. His gut reaction was, you should pay extra for that. Um, (laughs) So it was all really funny and and it's quite well known amongst my friends around, um, yeah, that little thing. So no dirty laundry and no naked man in the background of the Facebook That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah. So just wrapping up, it's not social media related, but at the end of last year, we sat down together and did some business coaching. Um, And I posted on my Instagram about it at the uh, end of the session, at the end of the day. And honestly, I had 1 million people ask me how to go about setting goals for 2018 and sort of the things that we worked through together. So I have to ask you just so that I can answer their questions, um, maybe three top tips that you would give to people, um, you know, still maybe looking to plan out their 2018 goals or, um, yeah, looking to kick some goals in the next sort of six to 12 months, what would you suggest that they do? Ah, okay, great, great. Um, so, so many tips, but I think what I'm seeing the most of at the moment kind of would relate to my first tip. And that is that you can do it all, but you can't do it all at once. So, yes, um, I think you said that to me. I think I probably did, Steve. <laughs> so, a lot of people at the moment, what I'm seeing is that people have got so many ideas. And I think it's really amazing because there's so many opportunities in front of us. You know, do I do consulting? Do I do workshops? Do I do programs? Um, And most people want to do it all. So you can do it all, just not all at once. So what I'd say is just like, you know, really quickly, like plan out your products, put some timelines to it, and then really map out a client journey. So that's my number one tip is you can do it all, just not all at once. 
My second tip would be um, take a leap of faith. Like as a business owner, you've got to get really comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, If you're comfortable, you're just in your safety zone and your business kind of probably is just like not going anywhere. So take some leaps. And I think a way that I get my clients to do this is I usually get them to do their sort of five-year goals, then their 12-month goals, then their three-month goals. And when I look at their five-year goals, I kind of go, okay, well, why can't we make those your 12-month goals? Um, and there's usually not a, like, not a lot of reasons why they can't. So I think take a few leaps of faith and really um, put yourself out there. And particularly we've been talking about the digital space as well. I think, you know, to become a really good digital marketer, you've got to be taking risks all the time and trying out new things. So I think generally in business, that would be my second tip is take a leap of faith. And then my third one, this is um, one that I've just come to recently for myself and that is think big but act small and so what I mean by that is like have a really big vision for your business and a really big vision for your life and what you want to do and how full you want it to be with relationships and prosperity and all the things but act really small like care so much about every single interaction that you have with you know a client a potential client um you know a business connection a strategic alliance and then just consider and continue to hone in on every single touch point of your business so yeah that'd be my final one is think big but act small could not agree with that more a hundred percent I actually wrote a blog post about that a little while ago how it's so important to have big dreams but just to take tiny steps so cool yeah yes and so just to wrap up how can people get in contact with you and owners collective if they would like to know more yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, we're on all the channels as owners collective. Uh, otherwise you can jump on our website, which is just theownerscollective.com. So I'm like the woman behind our Instagram. So I'm sure a lot of your listeners are on there. So you can hit me up on the DM there and, um, yeah, that's where I am. So thanks so much for having me, Stevie. That was so much fun. Yeah. And guys definitely go and follow Prue and owners collective. I get so much value from their stuff and I know that you guys will as well. 